I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here. And uh, that's what we've been saying throughout the show. Lots to celebrate today. The weather's great. Uh, we're up in the 70s today. The governor made an announcement yesterday that uh, we'll move from red to orange. And uh, so some of those restrictions that we've been under uh, and guidelines will be eased a little bit. Uh, and also that we just need to make sure uh, that we are vigilant in moving forward. Again, if you missed our segment with Joseph Grinney, uh, and our friends at Vital Smart, so you can go to their website, uh, and you can also go to our Facebook page uh, to get those guidelines. We're entering this this orange phase is really a danger gap, uh, and how we move forward uh, is going to be dependent on what we do in terms of influencing behavior and changing our behavior. Uh, so some great things there. Also, it was great to have Davis Smith join us uh, from Cotopaxi and this wonderful project to make sure that every Utah has a mask. Uh, a public-private partnership that is the uh, the best that Utah is all about. And uh, we always want to hear what's going on in uh, in your part of the world as you're seeing these kinds of great things happen in your community. Always make sure you let us know on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line 57500, only when it's safe, 57500. Uh, weigh in, let us know what's happening, what you're seeing, what's happening, uh, all kinds of great efforts going on around the state of Utah, uh, which is why we are this great window in, window out, where uh, the nation can look in and see what a laboratory of democracy looks like, can see what happens, uh, as Davis was mentioning, when capitalism is channeled uh, for good. Uh, And uh, I love that he mentioned that we can do better uh, as a capitalist society, that we can do better in terms of making sure we're uh, helping and serving and having that civil society where the economy is going great, but we have strong institutions of civil society where not just faith and family and community, but where our businesses give back and are active uh, in that as well. And that leads me to our our final segment today, some final thoughts. Uh, And that is, uh, as I was thinking this morning, uh, was going back through, it has always been a fascination to me uh, that Thomas Jefferson, the genius of Jefferson, uh, that he inserted in the Declaration of Independence this wonderful line that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so often we, we think, you know, the Declaration of Independence was really a list of grievances of all the things that were going wrong with this big, distant federal government uh, that was headquartered in London. And it always amazed me that he inserted that in there. But I think often what happens is we we use that phrase, 
the pursuit of happiness, usually when we're about to uh, justify our own selfishness <laughs> or our narcissism or our self-indulgent behavior. Uh, and, and yet that's not what it's really all about. Few of us really recognize the true meaning and intent of that pursuit of happiness phrase. Uh, Jefferson very carefully and very purposefully placed that into the heart and soul of the Declaration of Independence. Why? Well, because Jefferson had learned from great thinkers and great leaders from Aristotle and Cicero and John Locke that the pursuit of happiness was not a casual phrase, nor was it a simple right. All of these folks viewed this pursuit of happiness as the highest calling that women or men could seek. Happiness is the aim of life, is how Jefferson said it. And then he said this, but virtue is the foundation of happiness. Think about that for a minute. So to Jefferson, the meaning of the pursuit of happiness phrase went so much deeper than just some fleeting emotional feeling or some personal pleasure. Uh, really interesting, uh, if, you, if you need a, a book to read, Dr. Darren McMahon in his book, Happiness, A History, he, he strung this all together. He tied together the way Jefferson and other early Americans approached and pursued happiness. So connecting all of these dots from these great leaders, these great thinkers, these personal beliefs, public statements, he concluded that their vision of the pursuit of happiness could only be achieved through virtue discipline, and service. <laughs> okay, now, I, I know that virtue, discipline, and service are hardly the words that spring to mind when you think of pursuing happiness. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a media company or a movie producer or a magazine publisher show people pursuing happiness by portraying them engaged in virtuous activities, rigorous discipline, or unselfish service. Usually it's exactly the opposite of that. But it's important for us to think through that, that the founders of this nation, to them, virtue was not just about morality and chastity, but it included a deep commitment to living up to the highest standards of integrity, of humility, of personal excellence. So that was virtue. Discipline was simply the price of admission to pursue and achieve success in, in anywhere in the new land. As it relates to service, you know, the early Americans agreed that pursuing the happiness of others was the only way to ensure your own. <laughs> and so I would, I would add, and this is really important, especially in, in this age that we live in, uh, a lot of people like to portray Americans as self-absorbed narcissists. And occasionally we give them good reason to do that. But I would also point out that regularly Americans are the first to give. Americans are the first to arrive on the scene of a natural disaster. They're the first to raise awareness of a tragedy or an injustice. Uh, and so for a lot of Americans, that, that is an important part of who we are. It's clearly a part of who we are here in the state of Utah. And it's why so many, not just around the country, but around the world, are looking to Utah for leadership and, and guidance. Uh, and so this pursuit of happiness, again, if you put it in that context, that the only way to really achieve that happiness is through virtue, discipline, and service to others, uh, really puts a, a different ring and a different spin on things uh, as you look at that. Thomas Jefferson knew exactly what he was doing and what he was saying 
when he set the standard by declaring that everyone, everyone had the unalienable right, opportunity, and even the obligation to pursue happiness in this place that we call America. That's a pretty significant thing. And to me, I think it's something that all of us as Americans, as Utahns, we can benefit from that. We can be a little more committed to that. We can be a little more focused on a very passionate pursuit of happiness. It's in there for a reason, and I think that we do that better than anybody. So virtue, discipline, and service to others. Thanks for being with us today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, Make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.